welcome to Menopause in the Kitchen, where we talk all things food and nutrition for women in their midlife years. I'm Rachel Cooper, dietitian and food lover, with a passion for sharing information about nutrition in practical ways, so that you can take what you need and implement it into your lifestyle. Join me in my kitchen as I share bite-sized chunks of information to help you nourish your body and thrive in your midlife years and beyond. Welcome back everyone to Menopause in the Kitchen. Um, I'm here with another episode and today's episode is going to be all about breakfast. Um, I actually recently wrote a blog post on my website about breakfast um, in menopause and the title was Best Breakfast for Menopause and the gist of it was there's no real best breakfast. Um, But what I did talk about in that blog post was um, why breakfast is important and what kind of nutrients breakfast can provide for us that can help us meet our nutritional requirements during menopause and also, you know, reduce our risk of chronic diseases um, down the track as we age. So I thought that it might be a good idea to make a podcast about this, um, about this topic and talk a bit about breakfast and then go into some of the detail about what sorts of nutrients can breakfast um, provide us and which can maybe then help us think about uh, what sort of foods to include for our breakfast. Now, I'm certainly not going to tell you exactly what you should eat for breakfast because that is very personal and just depends on so many different factors. I will give some ideas and some suggestions, but in the end, really, it's about, you know, you choosing what is right for you for breakfast, but maybe considering some of the foods that you're including that might help you meet the the nutrients that, um, you know, that we're trying to get during menopause. So that's what today's topic is going to be about. So let's let's jump in, shall we, and get straight into, um, first of all, why breakfast is important. Um, and before I sort of talk about that more specifically, let's think about what breakfast actually means. If you think about the word breakfast, there are two words there. It's break fast. Okay, they're the two words that make up the word breakfast. And break fast means we are breaking the fast. So we fasted overnight. In most cases, many of us have fasted overnight. So, um, you know, we've been asleep and haven't had anything to eat since whenever our sort of last meal or snack might have been um, in the evening before we went to bed. And um, and so we've our body has fasted during that time that we've been resting And so breakfast is a point where we break that fast and we refuel our body after that period of of rest and fasting. And so it is important because it helps us to, you know, get a boost of um, energy and fuel for our body to get through that morning. Um, And, you know, if we think about a, a car, if we let the car 
um, fuel run run low, uh, we need to then fill it back up to sort of, um, you know, to give it the energy to and the fuel to keep driving. And, you know, our bodies are really not that different. Um, we want to, after a period of not eating, we want to then refuel our body to give it the energy that it needs to get through the morning to help us concentrate and move and do all the things that we do in our day. So that's, you know, if we if we sort of think about it in simple terms, that is what breakfast is. Now, let's have a think about why breakfast might be important um, and particularly during menopause. What, what can bre- breakfast provide for us? Now, uh, bre- breakfast definitely can help improve our nutrient intake. Um, when we think about our nutrient intake over the day, if we skip meals and, and breakfast can often be a meal that people tend to skip. Um, I've worked with people one-on-one for many, many years as a dietitian, and, you know, I would say the most common meal that tends to be skipped is breakfast for a, a, a variety of reasons. Sometimes it's because, um, you know, people don't have the, the, the time in the morning. They may have poor sleep and feel tired and not very hungry first thing in the morning. Um, or they, um, you know, don't really like uh, traditional breakfast um, foods, or they've just gotten so used to not eating breakfast that their body doesn't even bother telling them they're hungry in the morning. And I will talk about a few tips later about what you can do if that is um, you. Um, but certainly skipping meals um really makes it hard for us to consume all the vitamins and minerals and nutrients that our body needs um, to, to, you know, keep it healthy. Uh, it's very hard to squeeze all the nutrients that you need into a couple of meals and maybe one or two snacks. So skipping meals really makes that a lot harder. And that's where, you know, having breakfast is, is important. There is also some some research um, studies that have shown that eating breakfast can reduce your risk um, of chronic disease. So um, there's studies that have shown that people who eat breakfast daily have a reduced risk of chronic diseases like um, type 2 diabetes and high blood pressure. So, and that could be related to the nutrients that that it's providing the body. Um, but you know, it, in in terms of our long term health, um, the studies show that having breakfast can be beneficial. And then, of course, as I mentioned before about fueling our body, having breakfast helps improve our energy levels. So, if we want to be able to concentrate. Um, and, uh, you know, whether we're working or whatever it is we might be doing during the day, if we want to be able to concentrate throughout the morning, if we want the energy to move our body, if we're exercising or doing anything like that, fueling our body in the morning to get it going is, is really important. And particularly during, you know, menopause and those midlife years, um, we can often experience low energy um, and it can be due to hormonal factors, but sometimes it's also due to just having sort of busy lives and, you know, sometimes, you know, skipping breakfast could be part of that. So really remembering that we want to fuel our body appropriately in the morning to give us the energy to, to keep going. Now, obviously, if you've had a very poor sleep, it's probably not going to, it may help a little, but it's not going to solve that issue. Um, but, you know, that's that's something that uh, I think 
needs to be addressed. We're not going to talk about sleep today. It's certainly not my area of expertise, but fueling your body and giving it the energy it needs for the morning can certainly help with our energy levels. So then if we are eating breakfast, what kind of nutrients is that going to help us, um, you know, meet our requirements for? Um, So breakfast, depending on what you have for breakfast, but um, for many breakfast foods, um, they can be high in calcium, particularly if they include any kind of milk or dairy. Um, And we know that postmenopausal women have an increased risk of osteoporosis. Um, our declining estrogen levels mean that we lose more, more um, calcium from our bones and we, we can have weaker bones as we get older. Um, but obviously having enough calcium to eat is going to sort of help in some way. The, the lack of estrogen is a totally different um, factor. But if we also have low calcium intake, it's just going to make that situation even worse. And so breakfast meal, breakfast is a a wonderful meal to include some calcium rich foods. Uh, So things like cereal, you know, um, oats, porridge, those sorts of things with milk, whether it's, um, you know, regular cow's milk, you know, dairy milk or whether it's uh, a a soy milk or or a plant-based milk provided it has added added calcium because a lot of plant-based milks don't naturally have calcium. Um, It might be a smoothie, it might be grilled cheese on toast and those sorts of things. So adding those calcium-rich foods um, can certainly help us meet our calcium um, requirements. If we're skipping breakfast altogether, it's you know, a little bit trickier to get the calcium in um, throughout the day if we're missing a whole meal. Um, there is some also some research that says that people who skip breakfast tend to have a lower intake of calcium. Um, so there is sort of research that backs that up. And so, you know, when we think about our risk of osteoporosis um, as we go through menopause, um, having breakfast and a food high in calcium is is certainly going to be helpful. The other nutrient that breakfast can help us provide is some protein. Um, So we know that protein is an important nutrient. Um, It helps, uh, you know, prevent muscle uh, loss. And um, we know that lean muscle can decrease decrease at this at this age. So having an adequate amount of protein. And there's also, you know, the research shows that it's not just how much total protein you have in the day. It's actually spreading that protein out over the day is what what helps reduce muscle wasting. So having some protein at breakfast um, is is really important. Um, so yeah, spreading, spreading, spreading it out, having some protein, like whether it might be eggs, cheese, milk, tofu, nuts, anything like that with our breakfast meal can help us meet those protein, um, requirements. The other nutrient is, um, iron, uh, and we can get, uh, you know, a a good dose of iron at breakfast, depending on what we're eating. Now, for postmenopausal women, in most cases, um, low iron is uh, not as much of an issue. But if you're um, perimenopausal, so if you are um, still menstruating, 
um, your risk of iron deficiency is increased. And also for some perimenopausal women, um, our bleeding can increase during this time. So we're losing more blood, we're losing more iron. So iron can be a really important nutrient and breakfast can be a great place to get some um, iron rich foods in. So um, breakfast foods that might uh, help uh, get us a, a bit of a boost of iron at breakfast, um, some cereals, in fact, quite a number of cereals are iron fortified. So they actually have iron added to them, which can really help boost our iron intake. Um, eggs, dark leafy greens like spinach and kale. Um, so that's if you're having like a cooked breakfast, um, eggs and that sort of thing, adding some dark leafy greens to that can be helpful. And we also know that um, I do have a, a podcast on iron. So um go back and have a listen to that if you're interested in knowing more about this. Um, But including foods that are high in vitamin C can actually help us absorb the iron from our food better. So having some fruit or a glass of orange juice or something like that with our breakfast will help us improve the absorption of the iron that that we're having. So the other thing that breakfast can um provide us with is um, carbohydrate. Uh, so as I when I talked about fuel and fueling your body, our body prefers carbohydrate for fuel. That's what it will use first. Um, and so if we want to increase our energy levels, including some um, carbohydrate foods uh, like, you know, your breads and cereals, um, but also things like milk and yogurt and fruit are also high in carbohydrates. It's not just the breads and cereals, um, but they're the things that are going to help to provide us that fuel for the morning to to improve our energy levels. Um, and then the, the last thing I wanted to mention in terms of what our breakfast can provide um, is phytoestrogens. So we know that phytoestrogens um, uh, are similar to estrogen in our body. So they're, they're plant hormones. Um, they can bind to estrogen recept- receptors in the body. It has a much weaker effect than our own estrogen. Um, but studies have shown that um, phytoestrogens estrogens, particularly isoflavins that come from soy, um, can reduce menopausal symptoms like hot flushes in um, in some women. Um, I'm not saying it works for everyone, um, but in some women it can be helpful. And there's also some evidence that phytoestrogens can improve bone mineral density um, in the spine. So if we're thinking about osteoporosis and our sort of risk down the track, um, you know, phytoestrogens can help with our our bone mineral density. Um, And other positive effects of phytoestrogens um, that have been researched is that they can decrease the risk of coronary heart disease, type 2 diabetes, and high blood pressure. So in terms of our health as we age into the future, phytoestrogens are, you know, really important, even if it doesn't work for you in terms of your menopausal symptoms. Um, like I said, it doesn't work for everyone, but if it does, um, wonderful. If it doesn't, there's still a lot of um, research that shows that phytoestrogens have other health benefits that are really important for us at this um, at this age in our midlife years anyway. So what should you include then for your breakfast? Well, you know, 
uh, a lot of the foods that I've uh, the nutri- foods that are, uh, contain the nutrients that I've just spoken about, like carbohydrates. Um, in terms of carbohydrates, you know, you may want to look at lower GI sources. Um, so those that release energy slower, so they're digested more slowly, release energy more slowly to give you a longer lasting energy for the morning. Um, so they're things like oats, um, grainy or sourdough breads, um, most fruits, uh, milk, yogurt, they're, they're all sort of lower GI um, uh, carbohydrate sources. Uh, a bit of protein, as I mentioned earlier, um, really important for um, me- meeting our protein requirements, um, but also to help us feel full longer. So that adding some protein to our meal does help us feel more satisfied. So if you include that plus something that's low GI, um, you know, that really helps to keep us satisfied for the for the morning and, and kind of give us that longer lasting energy. Uh, then, of course, high, high calcium food. Um, so your dairy foods, of course, plant-based um, milks and yogurts, provided they're fortified with calcium. Um, But also other options that are high in calcium are things like almonds, leafy green vegetables, tofu, um, and some breakfast cereals can be calcium fortified. So thinking about foods that are high in calcium for your breakfast. Then, of course, we can add some healthy fats at breakfast as well. So, um, you know, unsaturated fats like avocado, linseeds or flax seeds, depending on where you're from, um, and other seeds, uh, as well as nuts and olive oil, salmon, all of these things can be included at breakfast. Um, and these fats can help to control and reduce your cholesterol levels. And we know that that tends to happen as we, um, uh, as we get to midlife. In fact, I think I'll I think I'll do a, a podcast episode on, on cholesterol. Um, it's definitely something that women will see once they sort of get to that menopause age, that cholesterol levels do increase. Um, and then, you know, higher cholesterol can increase your risk of, of heart disease. Now, these um, unsaturated fats, particularly things like the omega-3 fats, um, can also help with um, they have anti-inflammatory effects um, and can also help reduce our blood pressure so you know adding some healthy fats to our breakfast can really have um, very positive uh, you know a positive health effects for our body and then of course there's fiber Um, so Not many people, particularly in Australia, the UK, the United States, not many people reach the amount of fiber that we need to be having um, each day. So it's usually around 25 to 30 grams of fiber a day. Now, if you're skipping breakfast, I would imagine it's going to be pretty difficult to meet those fiber intake um, goals. Uh, So breakfast is a really um, great meal to get some fiber into your body um, and help you meet um, those requirements. Fiber is really important for keeping your bowel healthy. It helps to prevent constipation because um, so, it sort of uh, keeps your, your bowel habits more regular. And then, of course, it can help improve our gut health. And I have another podcast episode, if you have a look, 
um, on gut health and the role that that fiber and plant foods have um, and how that can help us in our midlife years. So um, breads and cereals, if you're choosing those for breakfast, look for those that are higher in fiber. So things that have oats, bran, whole grains, um, those sorts of things in it will will certainly um, be higher in fiber than the other varieties. Um, fruits and vegetables are also high in fiber. So adding some fruit and veggies to our breakfast, whether it be, you know, um, whatever fruit you might like to have on your on your oats or your cereal or with some yogurt um, or things like mushrooms, tomatoes, spinach, avocado, all of those things have fiber as well. So breakfast is really important to help us reach those um, those fiber goals. So um, let's have a think about what sorts of things then you can have for breakfast and These are really just ideas and I'm really mindful of the fact that everyone's life is different and not everyone is going to think that having cereal or toast for breakfast is um, either culturally appropriate or even what they, they really like or want to have for breakfast. I remember when I was younger, uh, probably in my teenage years, I wasn't really much of a breakfast eater. In fact, I'm pretty sure I went for a period of time where I was one of those breakfast skipping people. Um, but I just never really, I, I'm not a big fan of milk, so I didn't really like having cereal and things like that for breakfast. And I found toast pretty boring. Uh, mind you, as I've, you know, now I am a breakfast eater, I, I honestly could not go through the day without it. Um, but I've certainly, you know, upped my game with toast. I put all sorts of lovely um, toppings on it. But I think back when I was a teenager, those sorts of things just, um, you know, I didn't really know about. And of course, there was no social media back then. So nothing to really get inspired by. <laughs> um, but, you know, sort of, you know, plain old toast with a bit of spread on it just didn't really do it for me. It wasn't something that I found very appetizing. Um, So I actually, when I did have breakfast, I often had what people would probably think is an unusual breakfast. So often it was leftovers from the night before. So it could be some leftover soup or pasta. Um, Yeah. So I I often had more, you know, what, what, I guess what foods that most people wouldn't think about having for breakfast, but you know what, it was what I felt like it was, it still provided all the the nutrients that I just spoke about. So what you have for breakfast doesn't have to be uh, what's considered socially appropriate for breakfast. It can be whatever you like. Um, And if you think about all those nutrients that I spoke about, you know, having some fiber, carbohydrates and protein, um, you know, some healthy fats and, you know, those sorts of something high in calcium, it doesn't have to be toast or cereal. Um, you know, there's so many different options that you can have and it doesn't really matter. Whatever works for you. And there's there's also sort of a, a cultural aspect to it as well. In Western countries like Australia, we, you know, toast and cereal and eggs and that kind of thing are considered sort of breakfast food. Um, mind you, you can have it for for any meal. Um, but, you know, that's that's sort of the socially accepted sort of foods for, for breakfast. But in some other cultures, 
um, like a savory rice dish or th- something like that could be what um, what is appropriate for, for, for breakfast. So it really varies if you look at what people eat for breakfast across the world in, in different countries and different cultures, um, it varies a lot. So just think outside the box that breakfast doesn't always have to be what you think it should be. It can be whatever you feel like in the morning. Um, so obviously cereal and and um, oatmeal porridge, those sorts of things, um, Overnight oats are a a great idea um, if you're uh, time poor in the morning. And I know that I definitely do this myself to make my morning easier, particularly when I know I've got a busy morning um, and I've got to get out the door at a certain time, preparing those overnight oats the night before. Then you just literally take it out of the fridge, add a bit of fruit or whatever and a bit of yogurt and off you go. You're you're done. Um, Another option is overnight wheat bix uh, or Weetabix, depending on where you're from. We have wheat bix here in Australia, which is like a wheat uh, biscuit um, that you can soak in milk uh, overnight, and then similar to overnight oats, layer with a bit of um, yogurt on top and some fruit or something like that. I actually have a recipe for overnight wheat bix on my website. If you head over there, if you're interested. Um, then it could be something as simple as some fruit and yogurt. Uh, and, you know, if you wanted to add a little bit more protein and fiber, you could add, you know, some um, uh, nut and seed mix on top or something like that. Or a little bit of um, like muesli. Um, I often like to put a bit of muesli on top of my fruit and yogurt. It gives a bit of crunch. Um, uh, pancakes, uh, again, uh, another common sort of breakfast food, maybe Maybe often it might be a weekend thing because it takes a little bit more time. But of course, if you make them beforehand and just reheat them, that's pretty easy. And if you can, you know, top it with some fruit, yogurt, nuts, those sorts of things to um, add some of those other nutrients that I spoke about earlier, that can really make it a really well-rounded breakfast. Um, And then, of course, there's smoothies. Uh, If you're not really into having a solid meal in the morning and particularly, you know, if breakfast is not a big thing for you, but you're trying to have something for breakfast, having a smoothie. um, Although I do recommend that we sort of sit down and eat mindfully um, when we're having our meals. I also know in reality that sometimes we have to run out the door and a smoothie in a cup that you can take with you uh, could be a great way to get breakfast in. Um, So, you know, we're all about reality here. And I know that sitting down at the table, having breakfast mindfully um, may not be realistic, um, particularly on some days. So, you know, a smoothie on the run can certainly help. Um, And in smoothies to add some extra fiber, you can um, pop in some ground. um, I like to use a thing called LSA, which is ground linseeds, sunflower seeds and almonds. So you've got some nuts and seeds ground up. Um, Just throw that in, gives it a little bit of extra uh, fiber and protein. Um, but you know, you can also add some chia seeds, um, and things like that. So sort of, you know, even oats, um, add some oats to your smoothie. Um, and then, you know, if you want a bit of extra protein, you can add some, um, nut butters or or things like that. 
um, or even, you know, a protein powder. Uh, I'm not huge on protein powders, but I also know that, you know, in certain circumstances, it can be a quick and easy way to to add some extra protein to um, a meal. Now, not everyone's into sweet breakfasts. I myself am not big on sweet breakfasts. Um, I do have porridge, oatmeal, overnight oats sometimes. But I must say that I tend to go more towards savory options for the morning. I don't know why. It's just that's just me. So some people might have more of a preference for a savory breakfast. So certainly, you know, eggs on toast is, is a great one. Um, I personally often do um, scrambled eggs because uh, they're really quick <laughs> um, to make. But also the other option is you can boil up some eggs. Um, so do some hard boiled eggs, have them in the fridge. And then all you need to do is take that egg out in the morning, slice it up and pop it on some toast or something like that. So you're not having to actually cook the egg in the morning, particularly if you're a little bit time poor. And just remember to maybe add some vegetables like, you know, spinach, mushrooms, tomatoes, those sorts of things. Um, You know, if you've got some time, you can make an omelette and add all sorts of um, uh, toppings. If you'd like to try something different, particularly if you don't eat eggs or if you're trying to increase um, your phytoestrogens, you might look at a tofu scramble so you can actually make um, sort of like a, a, a vegan version of scrambled eggs using tofu. Um, Avon toast, that's what I had for breakfast this morning. Avon toast is is my favourite. Um, and today I actually added some tomato and some feta cheese as well. So, um, you know, adding a little bit of protein and a little bit of um, fat as well as some, you know, extra veggies with the tomato. Um, and sometimes I might add some egg to that as well. Um, and baked beans. Uh, so baked beans, um, you know, it can be out of a tin. There's nothing wrong with that. I certainly eat baked beans from a tin. Um, so just open up a tin, heat it up in the microwave. Uh, you know, you might want to add some other things like some spinach or whatever to it. Um, have it on toast or just eat it out of the tin or the bowl, whatever tickles your fancy. But, you know, there are, there are lots of different savory um, options. Many of them may not be as quick and easy as some of the sweeter options that I mentioned. Um, uh, but, you know, like I said before, anything can be your breakfast. And even if it's something, you know, reheated from leftovers from the night before, um, that can count as breakfast. So try to look outside the box um, and don't just think about, um, you know, the, the traditional breakfast foods. Um, and then, of course, think about maybe if you're on the go, if you are a person who has very limited time in the morning to be trying to make breakfast, you may want to make ahead some things that are there for you to just grab and go. Um, so they're what I call a sort of grab and go breakfast. Um, breakfast muffins. Uh, so there's, if you have a little search on, on online or on, um, you know, Pinterest or wherever you go for your recipes, there's lots of recipes out there for 
like muffins that have, you know, apple and sultanas and bran and all sorts of like grated carrot and things like that in it. Um, and that can be a perfectly good option for, for breakfast if you really are time, um, time poor and you just need to grab something to eat in the car. Um, breakfast burritos are wonderful and you can pre-make those and have them in the freezer. You pull out, reheat it, eat it on the, on the go or a breakfast wrap. Um, I actually had one the other day, really delicious. And again, you can sort of make those ahead of time. Um, it could have things like egg and, and so on in it, but you can also make a breakfast wrap with just like some peanut butter and banana, slice some banana, peanut butter, wrap it up, off you go, eat it in the in the car or on the train or, or whatever, however it is that you're commuting. Um, and then there's also like egg cups, which are like little mini kind of frittata type things in, in or quiche things in um, muffin tins. You can make them in muffin tins, add in some, some protein and some veggies. Um, an egg. And uh, again, that's a quick and easy thing that you can grab out of the fridge and just eat on the run. Um, So, you know, depending on your situation, you might have the time to sit down and have breakfast and maybe that's only for weekends, um, but you may have less time. And so there are plenty of other options that you can look at there. And I guess before I finish up, if you are not a breakfast eater. If you're, uh, you know, one of those who's gets up in the morning and thinks breakfast is the last thing that I can think about eating right now, that's okay. You can train yourself to have breakfast. Um, and what you might like to start with, I, I know that there are some people who say they're either not hungry or they just feel a bit ick in the morning and thinking about eating something is just not not on. So you may want to think of um, maybe grabbing some of those on the go, grab and go type breakfast options and have breakfast a little later. So it might be on your commute. So it might not be first thing in the morning. Um, you know, maybe you wake up really early to because to, you got to travel to get to work or something like that. Um, and, you know, first thing in the morning is um, just breakfast is just, you don't feel like it, you know, you feel a bit tired still and not really awake. But one of those grab and go options that you could take with you and just have a little bit later could be an option. So it doesn't have to be first thing in the morning when you get up. If you've got younger kids, you know, mornings might be really hectic, trying to get them ready and fed and out the door to school or whatever. Um, you know, if if you then go to work or if you come back home after that, um, thinking about then having your breakfast that little bit later, that's perfectly fine. That's okay. Um, or the other thing to try and do is just start small. You know, even if it's a little bit of toast, it may not be um, have all of those nutrients that I spoke about and be like a full breakfast, but having, uh, you know, um, you know, a piece of toast or something sort of small that just kind of gets you in that habit of having something to eat in the morning and then sort of gradually building on that. Um, so you can sort of retrain yourself to have breakfast. As I said, when I was younger in my teenage years, I went for quite a stint where, I did not eat breakfast uh, and I, I did. I just, my body just got used to it and I just wasn't hungry in the morning. Um, but now I could not 
leave the house without breakfast. (laughs) So I have been able to train my body to want breakfast in the morning. So just just take it slowly. Um, But also just remember that uh, what you want for breakfast can be anything. It doesn't have to be what society tells us is a breakfast food. Um, So just keep that in mind and maybe that might be more helpful for you. So that's it for today. So in a nutshell, there is no best breakfast for um, for menopause. There's no food, no particular meal that you should be having that's better than others. It can be whatever you like, but just consider the nutrients that I spoke about today and including some foods that are high in those can sort of help you meet your nutrient um, requirements for the day. Um, and also many of those can help us in terms of keeping our body healthy as as we get older. So, um, you know, mix it up. Let me know if there's something different or, you know, that you have for breakfast, something I haven't mentioned today. Uh, I'd be really interested to hear what everyone has for, for brekkie. Um, over on Instagram, I often share what I have for breakfast. Um, I do swap my breakfast around a lot because I'm one of those people that gets bored very easily with foods. Um, So I do tend to swap it around and I am seasonal as well. So, you know, at the moment I'm not having like, you know, cooked porridge or anything like that, but as the weather cools, I'll certainly um, head more into those sorts of foods. So, you know, it really, it, it varies, but I'd love to hear what what ideas you have and the things that you enjoy for breakfast. Send me um, a DM over at Instagram or um, Facebook or send me an email. I'd love to hear, hear from you. And that's it for today's episode. I hope that was helpful. Um, if you'd like to have a summary of today's episode in written form, head over to my website. Um, I'll have the links down below in the show notes. Um, and you'll see, uh, actually I'll have a link to the actual blog, blog post, um, that I've written. Um, so if you sort of want to print out or have a written, uh, form to refer to, uh, rather than having to listen to the podcast all over again, head over to um, my website and the blog will be there for you to refer to at any time. So I'll put all of that down in the show notes. Don't forget to um, subscribe or follow um, my uh, podcast, Menopause in the Kitchen, so that you get all the updates when I post, uh, upload another episode. Um, I'm a little bit late on this episode. I had a bit of a hectic week last week, but, um, you know, I try to get them out um, fortnightly. Um, and don't forget that if you would like to have uh, email updates from me, um, so I send out email with some, you know, extra information about menopause nutrition, and also when I have anything, um, you know, coming up, anything that might interest you uh, that I have available, I will always you know, let my email subscribers know about that. So if you want to keep up to date with everything I have on offer, um, sign up to my email uh, list and there's a sign up form on my um, website. So when you go over to my website, you can sign up from there. Anyway, that's it for today. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate. I have actually, um, I haven't checked recently, but the last I looked, I am over a thousand listens on my podcast. I'm very excited. Um, And I know there are some regular listeners out there and I really appreciate 
that you're supporting me and I hope that the information that I'm providing um, is useful. Anyway, until next time, thank you all.